The Nerd and Me Podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on Sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to the Week in Geek. Jonathan, what's our top story? Alan, this week, our top story is Mr. James Gunn is heavily rumored, almost to the point of fact, to be writing Suicide Squad 2 and possibly directing. Boom. And he has the blessing of David Ayers, the writer slash director of Suicide Squad 1. Was he supposed to do the second one? David Ayers, I believe he was. Oh, that's weird. Or I think, actually, I think I read someone else was supposed to do it. And then Birds of Prey, I don't know, I forgot. Maybe. I'm not, I, you know what, take that back, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave Batista, I believe, wants to kind of join him also. Yeah, well, he wants a part in Suicide Squad. So people are thinking, instead of like making a sequel, just make it like a total reboot. Just you know, use the same characters, because nobody, nobody ever... The thing about Suicide Squad is nobody complained about the casting. It was just everything else. Sure. So, you know, there's theories out there as, oh, instead of making a sequel, just make it a reboot of the movie you just made a year ago or whatever. That, that's too uh, soon, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, maybe not. I think it's a genius move on DC Warner Brothers part to pick up James Gunn. I mean, I think Disney had to know someone was going to pick him up as soon as possible, mm-hmm. uh, especially since it seemed like public opinion was more about on his side than not. You know, I'm quickly learning these things you say on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's less about if people think they're right or wrong and more about if public opinion's on your side or not. Right. Disney obviously stuck with their guns, kicked them off of Guardians 3 as director. They're keeping his script, looking for a new director. But then here comes DC, swoops in and gets them to write Suicide Squad 2. That's a funny move. It's, it's a great move, I think. Uh, he, we, he definitely knows how to write teams. You know, there'll be humor in it. Suicide Squad already aped Guardians of the Galaxy's, you know, using music in, in their story vibes. <laughs> at, least, at least now it'll be used correctly. Right. What are your thoughts? Well, it'll be curious to see how Aquaman uh, shows in December where they're kind of retooling the DC universe. Mm -hmm. So if they change their approach of not being that dark universe, I guess it's going to be like another Marvel, you know, like a, if that, you know, that kind of vibe, I guess a little, you know, they're going to inject a little lightheartedness jokes and stuff, but good for James Gunn. You know, I mean, I didn't. It is what it is what Disney did. I mean, the guy is looking for work. He's still a director. He's still a writer. The guy needs to make money. I think the weird part is this Dave Bautista thing because he's still in a, in a Marvel movie. Yeah, he's still, um, we're assuming, under contract for Guardians 3. Uh, but maybe he wants to do both. Who knows? Well, guy wants to you make think, money too. <laughs> yeah, you think, I mean, there's there's a lot of heroes not heroes but there are a lot of actors that cross over between dc usually secondary characters do you think there's anything in in the main characters contracts about working for the other company like do you think ben affleck couldn't sign up for a marvel movie after a certain amount of time until after a certain amount of time passes oh you mean like a a clause in their contracts and you can't yeah Ah. like like chris evans you think chris evans he's done with cap can he book a dc movie next week right you know huh i wonder if they do anything like that Disney will now from here on out. Yeah, well, uh, you know, but the thing is this, is Disney even, uh, you know, is this all fan created or is DC, does, does Marvel even care what DC's doing? Do you think they really care? Which, if anybody cares, I think DC cares more about what Marvel's doing since 
They're trying to copy them, it seems. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Marvel, you know, they're way ahead of the game and DC's in the rearview mirror at this point. But, well, it's exciting. DC's turning around and we both said we want them to be successful. So if this right. works out for them, that's fantastic. Well, I think what DC has figured out is what Marvel, Marvel, Marvel started with Iron Man because it didn't have the rights to their biggest heroes. It didn't have the rights to Spider-Man, didn't have the rights to Fantastic Four, didn't have the rights to the X-Men. So they had to start with, and let's be honest, you know, 10 years ago, Iron Man was a second tier character. Yeah. I think DC learned from that is that maybe fan expectation is too high when you try to adapt Superman and Batman because right. they're, they're going to be compared. But, you know, Wonder Woman, I mean, it was a good movie on its own, of course. But, you know, they, let's see success with Wonder Woman. Let's see success with a second tier character like Aquaman, like Shazam, like Suicide Squad, you yeah. know. Oh, that's a really good point, because when you think about Batman, I mean, you know, the Michael Keaton version was good and, and it spawned a lot of sequels. And then the Chris Nolan Batman movies are amazing. It's yeah, it's, that's right. It's a tough act to follow. Even Superman, even though Superman Returns, I guess, did OK, but you're still comparing. I mean, I still compare him to Chris Reeves Superman version. So it's you're always making comparisons. But that's right. a good point. I think I think with DC, you're, you have more flexibility to mess around with the secondary characters. Yeah, because they're not as beloved much or they're not known. Not as much, you know. Yeah, so that's, that's very maybe, true. Maybe that's what DC's doing, you know? Yeah. And I mean, if you even look at what they're doing with their Gotham movies, they're all focusing on characters that aren't or that are related to Batman but aren't Batman. Yeah. Anyway, so I like it. James Gunn. I liked his two Guardians movies. I'm sure his Suicide Squad would be great. I, you know, think of Will Smith and Margot Robbie saying, you know, lines that he wrote. Yeah. Should be pretty fun. Okay. I wonder what talking animal they're going to have in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. All right, Alan, our second story. Hey. Mucho information was released this week on the John Favreau uh, Star Wars show. Uh, they released the name of the show called The Mandalorian. It's going to consist of eight episodes it's being filmed for the Star Wars. I'm sorry, not the Star Wars. The Disney streaming service, which is expected to debut sometime next year it's called the mandalorian it takes place after return of the jedi and before the force awakens i believe the official show description says something along the lines of inspired by stories of boba fett and jango fett a new mysterious mandalorian comes into play after the fall of the empire it all the descriptions i saw describe as kind of like a western where yeah. he's kind of like a lone gunfighter kind of guy. No idea who the stars are yet. Don't know idea who's under the armor. But they released a picture of it. And if you have know any of the history of the Mandalorians, you know Boba Fett. The armor he wears is quote unquote Mandalorian armor, and it's a type of armor that they would wear, I guess, in their military. So the armor look, looks like Boba Fett's armor, but there are obviously slight differences. It seems to be about a world. It seems like it'll be kind of like a Western, a, a space Western slash. I mean, focusing on the bounty hunter of the universe people listening if you haven't seen this picture that jonathan's talking about i poop my pants what <laughs> well i was like holy crap this looks amazing it looks so good i mean yeah it really does i i got excited i really got excited you know when they released and they said they're going to do the solo movie i was kind of like eh, this one holy crap it looks so good yeah and they have some really high-powered directors there um when i saw there are eight episodes dave filoni who's was uh, one of the big wigs in charge of both Star Wars Clone Wars and, and Star Wars Rebels is going to be directing, I believe, two episodes, uh, which is great because everybody in the world wants him to take over the Star Wars universe. Well, mm-hmm. not 
I think Kathleen's Kennedy's family might have something to say about that. But <laughs> pretty much everyone that loves Star Wars wants Dave Filoni to take over the universe after yeah. her contract expires. Bryce Dallas Howard, who is, of course, the actress and Gwen Stacy. Uh, daughter, uh, you know, Gwen Stacy, and uh, the token female in the Jurassic, the recent <laughs> Jurassic Park movies, and also the daughter of famed Academy Award winning director Ron Howard. And she's doing, I believe, one episode or two. I'm not sure. And take, I'm going to screw this up. Take, take, say, Takia? Watiti? Kiki. Watiti, who did uh, Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> is directing the season finale. So they, yeah. So that's some high-powered directors you got there. Interesting enough, John Favreau is showrunner, but he's not doing. He's not directing any of the episodes. No, oh, no kidding, really. Yeah. So interesting. Well, with that so, pedigree, yeah. you would think this is like a full-fledged motion picture. Yeah, and that's what I, well, I, my understanding is Disney's putting a lot of money into this. It's, it's going to be their flag, kind of like how Titans is DC's flagship mm-hmm. show at this point. You know, that's okay. the selling point. Yeah. That's what they're telling people about to get people to buy it. Right. I think this is what Disney's going to be. This, and among other things, is what Disney's going to be telling people about uh, in, in regards to buying their service. You know, with this, you know, we announced the Scarlet Witch and the Loki series. Oh yeah, that's right. So you know, think about that. Yeah. Unreal, all these original streaming service shows. I mean, it's it's exciting, but good lord, how many things we got to subscribe to? Well, it's funny because you said it a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, eventually, someone's there's going to be one company that kind of puts them all together on you know one service and they'll call it cable Cable. (laughs) it's gonna go full circle that's right yeah and i think if this is as successful as disney thinks it's gonna be Mm -hmm. they're gonna kind of shift focus from star wars movies to star wars tv slash cartoons right or even the thing about this is because netflix does it now too they make full-blown hundred million dollar budget motion pictures that premiere on netflix you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah so we might see you know, nothing says that the Ryan Johnson trilogy has to be shown in theaters. That might be a trilogy that you wind up showing on the streaming service. Yeah, that's true. You know, or even the Game of Thrones one. So who knows Who knows what this This opens up a lot of possibilities for, for the companies. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. All right. Alan, you know what time it is? Is it time to hit, hit it? Quick it! All right, Alan, speaking yep. of streaming services, Warner Media who is now owned by AT&T. That's the new, what they call the new Warner Brothers company, I guess. Yeah. Warner Media is also launching their own streaming service (laughs) sometime next year. They have such franchises as the Conjuring Universe, Harry Potter Universe, Looney Tunes, of course, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, all those favorite cartoon characters, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and Lego Movie Universes. This is crazy that this is totally separate than the DC one. It's a lot of money. It is, and I'm, I mean, I'm personally kind of glad. Oh no, I was gonna say I'm glad because then I have to, I can only pay, I can pay for the one service and not the other. But if they fold the DC into that, then I could get a lot more stuff. Yeah, I bet you but they're gonna have like a little discount thingy, like if you did both. Well, the funny thing is, we're all we're all assuming, you know, we just spoke about the Disney streaming service. We're all assuming that the, that Marvel and Star Wars are gonna be on the Disney service. What if Star Wars is on Disney and then they they do their own Marvel one too? That they want people. <sighs> Did you imagine that? A-holes. All right. So, again, this is another streaming service. What are you up to, like, 10 now? <laughs> I know. There's only going to be more. I know. All right. Quick okay. it. Quick it. Kurt Russell, hmm. man known as Snake Plissken, as the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, uh, Jack Burton. Jack Burton as the poor guy from Overboard. <laughs> <laughs> 
carpenter. Come on. As a carpenter. And he faces his biggest challenge yet. <laughs> he is going to be playing Santa Claus in a Netflix original movie called The Christmas Chronicles. What a buildup. You know, I saw the commercial for this thing and I, I mean the trailer and I'm on, it's like a minute and a half and I'm watching and all I kept saying is that's effing Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Is this supposed uh, to be a comedy or something or a drama? It's not a drama. I would say probably like a family. I think a family movie. I'm sure. I would say it's a straight up comedy. I'm sure it's got funny moments in it. Yeah. But it looks, it just looks, I mean, Kurt Russell, Santa. Come on. That's, what, that's where you had me. You had I'm me down. I'm Santa. down. I love yeah. Kurt Russell. Plus, I was really, it was really nice to see because I'm like, oh my God, we're that close to Christmas. I forgot. I'm like, woohoo, Christmas is coming. <laughs> right around the corner. Yeah. So there you go. I hope he's got a great tagline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, at, or at one point he wears... Oh, a tank um, top? A tank top. There you yeah. go. I don't want to say the bad words. Why do I only <laughs> know the bad names for that shirt? <laughs> well... <laughs> I hope Santa wears a tank top. <laughs> right. All right. Quick it. Quick it. David Finchner, best known for his films such as Fight Club, Seven, and I believe he did Gone Baby Gone. Maybe I could be wrong about that. Okay. Or Girl Gone. I don't know what it was. Anyway... He is starting production on World War Z number two next year. Mr. Brad Pitt. Did you see World War Z number one? I did. What did you think? It was okay. It was a deviation from the book itself. So, Did you read the book? Yeah. It was all right. (laughs) No, it was good. I, I, I did. I... You know what? When that movie came out, I think Zombie was at its all-time high, or, or at least peaking, at least. Right. So ba- based upon that, it was kind of exciting. You know, we're going to talk about it a bit later, but this whole zombie thing, I think if it's it's we're full. Downswing. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, the timing's the off. Is, yeah, the thing is, with World War Z, there was supposed to, well, it, if you watch World War Z 1, it's like two different movies. There's like a beginning, two-thirds, and then the whole ending changes into a whole different movie oh yeah yeah Yeah. and it does deviate a lot from the book the the book famously written by mel brooks's son yeah max brooks yeah and apparently there are a lot of changes made to the movie but world war z2 has been on the docket for a while now and i like david fincher's involvement i love i like him as a director so Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll be good okay quick quick okay alan our show last weekend was on what venom venom right venom movie premiered this weekend and made 80 million dollars making the uh, domestic box office record for an October opening. Boom. So then I'm doing pretty good. So you know what that means. When mo- one movie does good, send me <laughs> one. That's right. More stuff is coming out. More stuff is coming. The Venomverse. The Venomverse. I love Trademark that term. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. What you know about the Venomverse, Alan? Well, because Venom's doing well, they are going to start making, I guess building up spider-man's rogue gallery they are pushing out um morbius who is uh you know for some reason i always thought he was spider-man's v- villain but i guess i was wrong i guess he was a good guy so they're developing that kind of thing and that's growing and as well as a craven the hunter standalone movie too uh he, he's a straight up spider-man villain. yeah he is a straight up villain and so I don't know how you do this with the Spider-Man movie itself. Is this going to be like Spider-Man 3? Homecoming 3, I guess? I don't know because they're... How do you I do think, Craven the Hunter without Spider-Man? I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, just, um, I know a month ago we were asking, how do you do Venom without Spider-Man? They did it. It feels like they're, they're just building up a universe so that when 
they eventually get Spider-Man back from Marvel, whether they use Tom Holland or not, that they'll be able to introduce him to this universe. I guess. Yeah. So they'll have established bad guys for him to fight and other things like because they're all supposed to do a Silver Sable slash Black Cat movie. Right. Right. So. Well, news is they're they're trying to tap Jared Leto uh, to play the role. So we just mentioned it before. This would be a big name actor that's sitting on both sides of the fence doing a DC film with Suicide Squad in this movie. Right. So this should be and, interesting. And, right. And then you have Tom Hardy, big name doing Venom. You have Jared Leto, big name doing Mobius. Yeah. So, yeah. And then who's going to be creeping? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Chris Evans. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, weird. So, so we'll see how the Venomverse does. Yeah. Uh, I got a quick question. Venom have a huge chop this weekend and you think it does pretty well? Oh boy, I don't even know what it's going up against. Something at the old Royale, Royale, good time, a good time, or something like that. Really? Um, hey, listen, Venom's numbers were surprisingly good. I mean, overwhelmingly good from all the bad press and all the bad reviews it got. I mean, I can't believe how much money it made. Yeah, it did pretty well. And yeah, it's it Rotten Tomato score stayed even at around thirty percent. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. So actually, side quick hit, quick hit. Lady Gaga fans were out in full force last week when A Star is Born opened against Venom, posting fake reviews on Twitter of Venom, saying it was an awful movie. <laughs> uh, they say things like, oh, I just saw the worst movie ever, Venom. No, hashtag Venom. Thankfully, my wife talked me into seeing A Star is Born. I loved it. You know, stuff like that. Right. They were posting weird. And they, they, they caught on to them because people were like posting the same thing pretty much the same reviews oh that's funny yeah so gaga's fans are called little monsters uh-huh. and they they just were out slamming the movie on twitter and they, they've done other things like this before to kind of promote gaga and she's asked them publicly not to be like this <laughs> but they don't listen they're, i mean they're called little monsters for a reason so, so yeah twitter was buzz with that for a little bit now i'm rethinking that whole russian last jedi thing maybe maybe last jedi really was a good movie and i let the russians brainwash me <laughs> I didn't know Lady Gaga had a movie coming out last weekend. Oh, really? It's supposed to be real good. It's getting like a 91%. Well, no one's watching it, apparently. She's with Bradley Cooper. Oh, okay. A Star is Born. It's supposed right. to be really good, actually. It's so, it's, the reviews are so good, I'm, I, I might go see it. It's cool. This weekend. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of the zombies, as we were about five minutes ago, The Walking Dead Season 9 premiered to its lowest premiere ratings ever, even lower than the Season 2 premiere, which everyone hated Season 2. Well, actually, season two premiere was everybody's looking forward to. Was was the season as a whole that's done. Season nine premiered to two point seven, whatever Nielsen rating, whatever that means, mm-hmm. uh, which is the lowest. I think it's one of the lowest episode ever, regardless of premiere or not, in, in Walking Dead history. Wow. What do you think that's about? Well, Rick Grimes leaving the show. Right. Wouldn't you think it'd have the opposite effect that people would watch it to see how he leaves and all that? Well, I mean, I, I stopped watching about two seasons ago because it was just getting kind of boring to me. The, right, the, well, that I, whole Negan thing lasted way too long. Yeah, I way think too long. That and, and the funny thing is, because now Negan, spoiler, last season ends with them not killing Negan. Like, you know, we were like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And they put him in jail. And, but you don't see him in this first episode at all. And in Talking Dead, the new showrunner was asked, well, the decision not to put Negan in the show, what was that about? She's like, well, we just spent two years with him, and I felt like maybe he needed a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I watched it. Last season, you know, I was like, ugh, 
I watched the season premiere. It was all right. I, I'm going to stick around probably till at least Rick leaves to figure out how they send him off. If they kill him or not. Right. Because uh, Maggie's leaving too. I want to see how they do that. And then maybe I'll watch a couple episodes after to see what the new leadership's like. If it's Daryl, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm up in the air with the whole thing. It used to be a game and I'd watch every episode of the season. But now I'm like, eh, we'll see how it goes. Do you think maybe the low ratings is in reflection that... Because these characters are well-loved and they still live on the comic books, that they don't want to follow that. Like, they don't want a deviation from the comic book. Maybe they want, hey, you know, I've read the story. I want to see the storyline come to fruition and stuff. And this is just very, very different. I I think it's fatigue. I think you said it before. I think it's a zombie fatigue. You know, everything goes in in, in spurts. You remember when vampires were huge? Oh, yeah. And that that was what? maybe 10 years ago mm-hmm. you know with, with, with twilight and every turn are vampires yeah and i i think it's you know i read this article once i don't remember the whole thing so i don't really want to talk too much about it but they basically said you know you know that the almost the the cultural mood of, of the country by what monster is popular you know what i mean what yeah like when zombies are popular this is what's going on in the cult like this is the mood of the culture Oh, interesting. You know, when Dracula, yeah. So I forgot what everything meant. If I could find it, I'll bring, I'll bring up on, on another show. But hmm, it, was, it was really kind of interesting. So yeah. I mean, if you if you follow that theory, then whatever that was mm-hmm. is kind of sliding away, moving us away from the vampire thing. And I think it might have something to do with the changing presidents too. You know, the whole culture, hmm. you know, the mood of the country switches. And if you think about if you think about zombies, they were very popular during the Obama period. Okay. You know, those eight years. So all this weird stuff. But anyway, huh. it could have something. It could just be people who are tired of zombies. I'm tired of zombies. <laughs> yeah, I'm a tired of them too, to be honest with you. And they don't call them zombies. Come on. At what point is someone going to... How about a little eight-year-old kid who goes, the zombies are coming. And be like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So Walking Dead. I'll tell you what, though. The uh, Fear of Walking Dead had a good season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Quick it. Jim Lee and Dan Didido, mm-hmm. <laughs> the heads of DC Comics, are regretful of the nudity in the Batman Damned series that premiered their new Black Label imprint. Yeah, right. They feel like it's taken away from the purpose of the Black Label imprint, and it's sending out the wrong message of what they wanted the Black Label to be. They knew what they were doing. Okay. Come on, please. They were able to take it off of digital copies, but yeah, you're right, though. Did you did your friend buy you that twenty dollar copy or no? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have it. So that's good. Yeah, he's got uh, it. Oh, he's. Oh no, no, I don't have it. He he was going to get me one, but there was only one left. Okay, so, so he bought it for himself. He bought it for himself. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be worth a lot of money since they recalled most of them and yeah, didn't do a second print. He's got bat penis. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. All right. So you think Jim Lee and the other guy are okay with it? Uh, well, I. They knew what they were doing. I mean, look, look, they did it. It got a lot of press. It got a lot of exposure. This is just saying, oh, no, yeah, we made a mistake, but keep buying the books. <laughs> so uh, that's my point of view. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, but it, it didn't serve a story purpose. I think that's maybe that's what people were like complaining about. I don't yeah. think that it was so much that it was in there. It was like, really, it's gratuitous. Yeah, I mean, if you if you actually saw this, I mean, if no one mentioned it, I would not even noticed, you know, because it's not like a full on big, you know, splash page Batman's thing. I mean, it's very, very subtle. With like a, an outline or something. 
it's it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to see. I'm telling you. That's what she said. That's messed up. <sighs> she being Catwoman. Right. Okay. 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 Beetlejuice will be back in theaters this October. Beetlejuice. Not in any way. I'm not saying it a third time. <laughs> enough problems. Not in any particular series. Not like like not in AMC's or not in Regal's. Just Google it and you'll find if a theater near you is playing it. Cool. Click it. Click it. Today's Thursday, October the 11th. <laughs> so tomorrow being Friday, October the 12th, the DC Universe um, streaming online service will premiere its very first show, Titans Episode 1. Woohoo! I've seen mixed reviews of it online. No. Oh. But of course, I'm going to be watching it. So sure. I will give a brief review of, of it in um, a future tweet. Awesome. Or if, or if it's really worth it, I'll uh, do a whole standalone. Uh, yeah, I'll talk into doing a whole episode on it. Absolutely. All right. Quick hit. Sad news, Alan. Oh. The shield has been hung up. Oh. Chris Evans has finished filming his scenes, his reshoots on Infinity War or whatever they call it, Avengers 4, whatever mm-hmm. they call it. And uh, he thanked Marvel. He thanked the fans. Now, the question is, we know he's leaving the role. Is Cap leaving this mortal coil? Or is he going to be replaced? Or is he just going to retire in the films? Hmm. What are your thoughts? Only time will tell. Oh, they're killing him. <laughs> he's they don't dead. Care, I'm going to tell you what. We already assume we always have. A, we already have a big hint that there's time travel involved in this movie. Right. So it would not shock me if he doesn't die, but they kind of bring him back to 1942 or whatever. And he's with Peggy. And he gets to live with Peggy. He just and he gives up being Cap. It ends with him and Peggy dancing. Yes. Yeah. Like they drop him off in 1942 or whatever, and right. where he died. Yeah. He gets to dance with Peggy. <laughs> yeah. Or to kill him. <laughs> well, Cap has an out because even in comic books, a lot of characters have, have continued holding the shield. And you got Bucky, you got Falcon. So, right. wow. I mean, it, it really leans heavily that Chris Evans, you know, Steve Rogers is, is, is done for. And I'll tell you what, it made me kind of sad because it was very bittersweet for me because and I remember talking to you about this all those years ago when he was cast. Yeah. We were like, what are they doing? The yeah. human torch. This guy's a goofball. We were like, all right, yeah, he might look good in the costume, but other than that, he's going to be awful. Yeah. And like now I can't imagine anybody else playing Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah, I know. He's so, <laughs> he's so believable. And he's so, he was so good at conveying that 1940s sensibility of Cap, right. you know, uh, in the modern day. And I, I think that's, I think that's a lot harder than people think. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. he did a fantastic job. I'm gonna miss this guy. I'm gonna miss. I don't know. I might be a ball. I mean, of course, we're doing a show on that movie, and I'm probably gonna be a ball of tears the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I wanted Howie Long. Uh, <laughs> quick hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got some toy news, Alan. All right. New York Comic Con this past weekend or two weekends ago at this point, Funko, the famous, most famous for their um, Funko Pops, mm-hmm. premiere new action figures called DC Primal Age. It's a if you look at them, the best way I could describe them is it's a cross between DC superheroes and He Man. So you'll have like Batman, and and they all the, all the male figures have that pretty much He Man body type. Yeah, um, but they're dressed kind of medievally, like loincloths, and they'll have axes and stuff. But they're cost like they'll have the, like Superman will have the ass, Batman will have the bat. You know, there's a Wonder Woman. There's who looks really good is Tiger Shark or King Shark, I think his name is. Okay. There's an Aquaman. Uh, they look pretty good. Nice. Uh, I'm not gonna buy them, 
but it's kind of a nice amalgamation of, of two popular 80s toys. Think of Superpowers and He-Man had a baby back in the 80s. Is this the first time Funko's doing something like this as deviating from the, you know, the bobblehead stuff? Well, yeah, Funko has a lot of different things, but their most popular one is the Pops. Yeah. But they've done figures that almost look like the G.I. Joe figures. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, but they do them with superheroes. I have they came in the they came in their subscription boxes. I have the the Teen Titans, so I have a Nightwing one, a Starfire. How do they look? They look pretty good. Really? They look actually look very good. Wow. Um, They don't have accessories or anything, and um, you know, beyond the point of playing with my own GI Joe. So I I mean, I keep their packages, but they look good. Oh, right on. And they did uh, they did the Batman '66, a bunch of those figures. Mm -hmm. They look good. They look spending like ten bucks a piece though. You know, for like three and three quarters. And that's crazy that Funko's has is like the new Hasbro for action figures. Dude, I'm telling you, Funko can do no wrong at this point. That's crazy. I, I even when they do make a misstep, it's not. It doesn't really cost them that much. Yeah. Or, or wow. Them. Okay. So, yeah, if if you're into that, be on the lookout for them. All right. Michael. Quick it. Oh, sorry. Quick it. There you go. My, Michael Pina or Pena? P A. Uh huh. Which one? Penna? Penna. All right, we'll say Penna. Right. Michael Penna, I, I would say most famously known to our listeners as um, Luis in the Ant-Man movies, <laughs> has signed on to play Mr. Rourke in the Fantasy Island. Yeah, this one scares me. Is it really? Well, because he did that remake, um, Chips. He did, yeah. Yeah, which is like an 80s kind of sitcom. And Fantasy right. Island, I mean, that was, I remember as a kid, this show, it was cool, but it scared me. That it was, was scary. a scary show. Yeah, Fantasy Island was was that thing. like, be careful what you wish for because there are unintended consequences. Yeah. So the whole premise for, for our young listeners, it, it's an it's an island vacation you would book and you would make a request, like you would make a wish and, you know, Mr. Rourke and Tattoo and the island would, would make sure you get your wish. But like we said, with all wishes, there's unintended consequences. And basically it was about people learning a lesson. <laughs> be happy with what you got <laughs> yeah. I mean every once in a while we work out like they'd be like oh I want to meet the man of my dreams and they'll say oh he's 6'4 in blonde hair but through the course of dating this guy the woman will meet like the goofy waiter or something and mm-hmm. find out oh that's the one I really love <laughs> no, that kind of thing can you uh, picture yes. him as Mr. Rourke I mean Ricardo Montalban was a smooth charismatic guy yeah well alright no, uh, look well, I think I think what you're going to do with Tattoo is go the opposite because Tattoo is played by a little person, Herve Villachez. Yeah. I think they're going to go with like a big bodybuilder. Dwayne tattoo. Johnson. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny, man. <laughs> tattoo is something. Yeah. I think yeah. they're going to go the opposite. You know, I'm surprised they didn't do that. Dwayne Johnson is Mr. Work and Kevin Hart as Tattoo. Oh, my God. Dude, write that letter. <laughs> <laughs> write that letter right now. Um, All right. But uh, on a side note, did you uh, HBO's did a uh, bi- uh, film the biopic on Hervey Villachez who played Tattoo, and he's being played by the Game of Thrones guy Peter Dinklage. Oh, dude! Okay. After we're done recording this, go on yeah. YouTube and look yeah. up this trailer. All right, he does Hervey Villachez so good. Really? Oh my god! Okay, deep it in, boss. Deep it in. <laughs> All right, so awesome. Michael Payton, Mr. Rourke, fantastic guy. No, cool. That's it. Quick hit. Sad news for Voltron fans, for new Voltron fans. Voltron Legendary Defenders, as seen on Netflix, will premiere its last season on December 
the 11th of 2018. It'll be season eight. I've watched some episodes of the Voltron. It's gotten great reviews. I tried to get into it. I couldn't. Uh, I don't blame the show. I, I was never that huge of a Voltron fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's obviously the Lion Voltron. But yeah, it was very popular. Very, very popular. Yeah. But they did eight seasons in about four years. And it's coming to an end. Okay. All right. And you got something about Mega Man, Alan? Oh, yeah. Capcom announced that they'll be adapting the Mega Man into a live action Hollywood film. So, yeah, they're trying to get into this whole world of of video games into live action stuff. So they'll be doing that and we'll see what how that goes. Capcom, what do they do? They did. um, Capcom was big for a while. Is that Mortal Kombat? I think it's Street Fighter. Street Fighter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like Mega Man. Did you play Mega Man back in the day? Yeah. On the Game Boy. Mega Man was fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, cool. And Deadpool news. Oh, yeah. Deadpool, just as you reported last week, Deadpool 2 is coming out where they're going to make it PG-13 for the kids that couldn't see the rated R version. And they are calling it the Deadpool before Christmas. And they are adding more footage, about 15 minutes more of it. And they're also introducing a new Deadpool character. But that we don't know who that is. No, it could be anybody. could be anybody. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask again. You going to go see it? No. Come on. All right. It's opening against Aquaman. I, I think I'll go to Aquaman. Yeah, I'm watching Aquaman. Heck yep. yeah. Cool. Do you have something on Dark Avengers? <laughs> yeah, well, I crossed it out. But oh. yeah, I do have something on Dark Avengers. Yeah, hey, so. there you go. It's rumored <laughs> that Marvel is putting together a Dark Avengers movie, which would consist traditionally villains taking on the Avengers name and doing some avenging, but in a villainous kind of way. <laughs> so they're still kind of doing heroic things but just not as heroic as heroes would do it oh, so basically marvel's book by um thunderbolts thunderbolt thank you thunderbolts was different because they posed as heroes yeah but i want thunderbolts movie that'd be sick I mean, that was a that was a great yeah back in the day. Was great absolutely comic. who wrote that, that one Kirpisic. yes yep. do that one marvel i'll be excited yeah all right all right and finally alan yeah file i i found this in our duh file uh <laughs> ryan coogler <laughs> has officially been announced to write and direct Black Panther Part 2. There you go. All right, thus ends Quick Hits, and thus ends another episode of The Week in Geek. This is Alan signing off. And this is Jonathan saying, you stay classy, Hub City. Aw. <laughs> <laughs>